Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. Good morning, everyone. So glad you're here. I've created this podcast to help bridge the gap between the gospel of Jesus Christ and self-help. And in it, I share ideas and tools of how I've strengthened my relationship with God, my spouse, and many others that I love. The scriptures are great, our very greatest source of true principles. Our living prophets and apostles are also amazing sources of gospel truth. Self-help books can teach us true principles as well. We are under scriptural scriptural mandate in DNC 88.118 to seek out of the best books, words of wisdom, and to seek learning even by study and by faith. When I was a teenager, I read my very first self-help book by Scott Peck. It was called The Road Less Traveled. In it, he teaches that most of us try to avoid our problems. However, our spiritual growth depends on confronting them and working through them and the suffering they cause. I loved this book so much that I wrote the author and he was kind enough to write me back. In college, I got a minor in sociology. I studied many other self-help books. I learned from them all. I tried to implement what the authors recommended. I gained so much knowledge, almost too much knowledge. I wasn't sure how to practice all these different teachings. Which ones were absolutely true? Which principles were the most important? What did it look like to meld all of these principles into my real life? I didn't have an answer to that question for years. Then I found life coaching and I became a certified life coach. My coach, Brooke Castillo, taught me the models she created. This was the missing piece in connecting the principles of the gospel and integrating all my self-help knowledge. I personally needed skills and tools to help me have more clarity around true charity. Having the guts to apologize and repent, find a forgiving heart, serve without resentment, have my own back while respecting others' choices, and so much more. I felt stuck, wanting to have charity in my heart while feeling frustrated, mad, and hurt a lot of the time. In life coach school, I learned how to implement the model and teach it to others. It's unique in that it simplifies all the truth in self-help books, and it's just offered in one place. I haven't found anything to contradict the model in my life or my clients' lives, and I haven't found evidence in years of using it that it doesn't work. It does work and has helped thousands of people. My life has completely changed, and so have the lives of my clients by learning the model and life coaching principles. What I love is that this work is not about changing my attitude. 
I tried that for years and I tried to change, to be kinder, to be happier or to be better, but changing my attitude was always short-lived and it would only last until the next thing happened. And then I'd find myself back at square one with the same frustrations over the same problems again and again. And I couldn't seem to get unstuck. So the work I teach isn't the work of attitude adjustment. It's the work of changing hearts, which requires intentionally changing our beliefs, not just our attitudes. It is lasting. And once you've done the work, you never go back. Let's talk about how the world works. There are only five things in the world, and I'm going to share the first two today. But first, isn't that a comforting thought in this crazy world to understand that there are only five things in the world and in this model? To understand that there are only five things really takes my anxiety down a notch. I can relax. No problem is too big for this model. There's always a place to put any trouble I am facing. The first item of the five are circumstances, troublesome circumstances. These are the things that exist in the world that we can't control. They're factual and neutral. We don't attach any emotion to them Circumstances can only be classified as facts, so everyone would agree on them. You could prove them in a court of law. This can be our past or anything that has happened, and we don't use any adjectives or adverbs or opinions. There's no story around it. It's just neutral. And the second thing that exists are your thoughts, and these are arguably the most important in your world. You have about 60,000 thoughts a day, and you are not even aware of most of these thoughts. 95% of your thoughts are recurring. And as humans, we're not creative enough. These same old thoughts that we thought yesterday, we are thinking today, and we will think them tomorrow. They constitute our beliefs. And 80% of these thoughts in humans are negative. It could be as high as 100% for those who are really in bad shape with their mental health. This is an important truth because we think we're just observing the situations in our lives, but we're not. We are thinking about them, and then we have perceptions about all of them, and then we make interpretations all the time. The problem is that with so many thoughts each day, it is a mess in there, and we don't even realize it. So the definition that we use for thoughts, and we keep it very simple, is they are just sentences in your mind. So one thought is one sentence in your mind, and it's that simple. Clients come to me, and they think they're just stating the obvious. They are stating the facts, and they give me a scenario about their husbands. Remember my podcast last week about being bugged by my husband. I shared that experience because I wanted to demonstrate this concept I had all sorts of thoughts about a circumstance and all those thoughts were my story that I told you, but hardly any of them were true hard facts that I could prove in a court of law, right? So I will condense the story, but go back and listen to last week's podcast. If you missed it, it was that my husband and I were on an anniversary trip on an Island. And the gist of it is that we didn't agree 
on paying for data to navigate the island or whether to drive the rental car on a road. I wrote a whole page about this. Why? Well, it's kind of like when you make lists. So if you have a ton going on, I often make lists to try to remember what I'm supposed to remember, right? This helps me to clear my head of what I am, what's going on. And this works. Once it's out of my head, I'm more clear. So when we have deeper issues, which would constitute this argument that my husband were and I were in for a bit of the day, journal entries or cathartic writing or thought downloads help us in the same way. Writing is helpful because it separates us from our thoughts. It puts this distance between me and my situation. Writing allows me to become the observer. I get to see what my brain is offering me and all of those thoughts that are coming and how I am interpreting what is happening. Circumstances and thoughts are completely different, but our brains confuse the two. They think they're one. So to do a thought download and figure this out, just write whatever comes to your mind. Don't edit it. Don't filter it. Make it as messy as possible. Don't try to be nice or say the right things. Don't judge yourself while you're writing. Remember, these are thoughts and your thoughts aren't you. If you need help getting started, ask yourself how you're feeling and start writing about it or ask yourself what thoughts are coming up for me right now and then start writing. When you're finished or the flow ends, read over your thought download and differentiate your facts from your thoughts. Get really clear on the difference between facts and thoughts. Highlight them in two different colors if possible or underline one of them or just make sure you differentiate. And I'm always surprised at the truth and what I believe is the truth. Let me give you an example of a thought download I did years ago. This was when I first began this work. This is condensed, but it was basically that one of my kids made the other one cry and I was writing and I wrote, this kid is mean. And I wrote, this kid is going to be a jerk forever. And I, what ended up happening in the situation was I yelled at this kid and everyone was miserable, including me. And as I read this whole page, I realized that the facts of the situation were few and far between. My thoughts filled the page. I was surprised to realize what I was thinking. I didn't even realize what I was thinking. Many of our thoughts are subconscious and they fly right under the radar and we want to get them out in the open. So it reminds me of a hermit crab. So when have you ever found a hermit, hermit crab in the ocean and you pick it up and you put it in your hand? And if you're really still, they'll usually come out of their shells and start moving in your hand. Sneaky thoughts will manifest themselves on paper when you are still, when you are able to sit down and be still and write about whatever happened and then catch them as you write, whatever comes to your mind. And notice that if you're judging or editing or filtering, you're not going to be able to catch the thoughts. You're just looking at them. You're not judging them. So what this requires is self-examination. 
which can be super difficult. It requires being honest with yourself. It takes humility and seeing things as they really are. Even if your child is acting mean, is that thought helpful? In my case, my behavior after he after I felt like my child was mean was I yelled and I was mean. Such good awareness, right? To get this awareness, it takes questioning how I'm doing with the B attitudes. So we've been studying the B attitudes in Come Follow Me this week. It requires a change of heart instead of an attitude adjustment. It requires terrestrial or even celestial behavior in a very telestial environment. Here are a few of the Beatitudes and, and examples of what it might look like. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Being humble enough to realize I need Christ's help to change my relationships. It's only by his grace that I can fix anything. Blessed are they that mourn. I mourn for my sins and weaknesses that separate me from God, but also from my spouse and those I love. Blessed are the meek. I try to conquer appetites and passions, which might include yelling or arguing, blaming, criticizing, or judging. I don't think those are celestial behaviors. I think they're telestial behaviors. And I try to be as, as much as I can acknowledge where I'm at so that I can see how I can improve. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. This involves giving up the impulses or the natural man instincts, which might be avoiding others when we have a confrontation or giving them the silent treatment. Blessed are the merciful, understanding that my spouse and I are humans, mortals doing the best we can. If we can be better to ourselves and say, you know, I'm just a human and I'm doing the best I can, we can be so much kinder to everyone else and we can do better in this moment. And if we could do better, we would, we really would. Blessed are the pure in heart, being willing to examine my thoughts, feelings, and behaviors like I did in this thought loud download, which always create my results in my life. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now you see why I needed some tools to help me. <laughs> Being a peacemaker is being able to see both sides, bridging the gaps, listening to hear instead of being heard. Luckily, President Nelson's advice to us is that perfection is pending. Don't you love that? <laughs> but let's try every day to just be a little more pure. So change always comes with the help of Jesus Christ and his atonement and the principles I use every day that make this process possible and doable are these life coaching tools, but it requires work and effort. How much do you want to have a better marriage? How much do you want to heal the difficult relationships in your life? So let's continue on learning this model. You've done your thought download and separated the facts from the situation and from the, your thoughts. And now you want to question your stories, which are always your thoughts. Are the thoughts you wrote true? And even if you are convinced that they are true, do you want to keep them? Are these thoughts helping your marriage or corroding it? This exercise will help you start the process of becoming more aware of your beliefs and recognizing them as just sentences in your brain. 
This is when your brain will tell you, this is too hard. (laughs) You don't have time for this. You don't know if this will work anyway. The situation in your life is unique and different and nothing has worked in the past. Don't be fooled. This model works for any problem. This is for people non-religious or religious. It works across the board. This work is worth the effort. You are good enough for this. You have enough time. You're strong enough for this. You are exactly who you are meant to be, to have the marriage you want, to have the other relationships in your life that you want. God created you and your spouse and your family and your marriage to succeed. Just know that we all have stories, every single one of us, and we don't know what a lot of them are. We think we know the difference, but we don't. We all have thoughts that are damaging us and our relationships. The model helps us to let go of our belief systems that don't help us. So question your thoughts. Become aware of what you are thinking. Change them if you want. You get to decide. You could just observe them and just say, hmm, that's interesting. And keep them if you want. After this exercise, you may feel compelled or inspired to change some of your perspective. This will contribute to making your marriage better, your relationships better. Your contribution will be your transformation. Just thinking about everything differently. A belief is just thinking the same thing over and over again. So you will become a better version of yourself. You don't need anyone else to start this process. You have you. So the model has helped me to find my true identity and tap into my divine potential, regardless of what anyone else around me is doing, how they're behaving. I feel a sense of peace and calm and clarity about things I can't control and things that I can control. And I know that what I can control is how I choose to think and feel. So once you understand the difference between circumstances and thoughts, you will tap into how powerful your brain is. And just know you want to become the boss of your brain instead of letting your brain boss you around. You want to know what your brain is even offering you. If you think your marriage is difficult and will never change, and these are the thoughts your brain is offering you all the time, you will constantly find evidence for this and it will never change for the better. In fact, it usually gets worse. You can work on believing that your marriage is a work in progress and has the potential to be amazing and awesome. As you practice this belief, you'll start to see your marriage as a gift that is amazing and awesome. And your brain will find evidence and look for more of this. It's like you have glasses on. If I see myself or my spouse as a bad spouse, that's all I will see. My thoughts will keep supporting what I choose to believe. And it is my choice because my thoughts are optional. Knowing this truth made all the difference for me. I'm reminded of Luke 6, 46, 49, which we read this week, where the Savior makes a point of those who heareth his sayings and doeth them. Those who believe and do what Christ asks them to do are building upon this, his rock. And when the storms come, like these really difficult times in our marriages and our relationships, we are safe 
We have a sure foundation in Jesus Christ. We take actions. We don't just listen. We take actions and then we do. Those who do what I am proposing in this podcast and experiment with the concepts I'm teaching about thought downloads will start to build the foundation, not only of a sure foundation of Jesus Christ, but of a sure mind. We need this so desperately in our society and to teach our children. The work I teach is work and it's effort, but those who do it reap the rewards. When the storms of life come, they will have a framework for being able to cope with difficult situations emotionally and mentally. So don't just think about doing a thought download this week. When a circumstance comes up that isn't quite as good as you would like, do a thought download and question your beliefs. Remember, we can seek and expect miracles in our marriages and in our lives. We are entitled to God's help. He wants us to ask specifically for what we need, for what we need most. And as we try every day to become a little bit more pure like him, he will help us. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Do your thought download. I would love to hear how it goes. See you next time.